everything's like dating. You're interested. Oh, wow. Let's see what we can do. And you're very gracious. You're on your best behavior. Anybody can do that for two hours, right? Okay, this is great. And at some point you start thinking, huh, that's pretty neat over there. We've all been in the creative business for more than 20 years and love almost everything about it. But we have to admit, there are times when it's a shit show. In this podcast, we're going to have honest conversations about the ups and downs of the design and marketing business and share ideas and support that get us through the day. And sometimes we'll just shoot the shit. So welcome to the Creative Shit Show. We have an exciting change of format today. And uh, we are welcoming our first, let me rephrase it, our inaugural like that. I don't have to use that word very often. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Um, guest host, guest extraordinaire, the one, the only, Terry Marks. Terry, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me be the first guest. I won't I won't try to tackle the word that uh, you used um, because I'm sure I'd, I'd mess it up. But you said the one, the only. Um, that makes me want to tell you that someone Google searched me. And I was informed that the name of the person who is the CEO of the Hooters Corporation is also named Terry Marks. <laughs> Please tell me that's true. I'm so proud. Is that really true? It's totally true. Look the wrong up. person? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is not the right person. Maybe that's Maybe. who I meant to have on the show. <laughs> but here's, here's the benefit. Free wings today. So there. That's right. Terry, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. So I think for... You know, most everyone on the show uh, already knows this, but you and I have been friends for, you know, such a long time, 20 plus years. Um, no, but Terry, you know, one of the things that uh, I think reflecting ab about you and getting ready for the show, one of the things that I was thinking about that I feel very fortunate about is, you know, uh, Jamie, Karen and Vaughn and I met through, you know, uh, the how experience and you and I met through our AIG experience. And AIGA is one of those things that really helped start my career. And, you know, you've just been a great leader there and friend and helping run a business. And so really this show is all about talking about those unique experiences we have in the creative industry. And so I'd love to start with, you know, just give a little background of kind of where you're at, how long you've been doing this and, um, you know, kind of, you know, bring us to Terry Marks today. Wow. Um, that's that's a tall order. It's like asking me where I grew up. It's a long answer. No, I'll try to make a long story short. Uh, right now, I'm doing what I never thought I'd do. And I have an office manager and myself and create teams for whatever we're doing. And a lot of it, um, I, I really love working on things that lean on story. And so, of course, we do brand and packaging and, you know, all the online stuff. But when we get to invest a little bit more, I, I get super excited. In fact, the the promo photo I sent you, um, that was for some work we did for Russell Investments. And we created some short films around this Bigfoot character. And so I had to chase down a Bigfoot costume and I finally got it back because we actually purchased it. And I'm working right now on some scripts because we're going to do something with this Bigfoot character. And it's for nothing except our own enjoyment. Um, I have a friend who's a filmmaker uh, he's the same guy. If you've seen some of the old stupid films that would probably get me canceled now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's where I met you. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. how just really, before you go on, how would you describe those just in general? Um, sure, well, there were two in particular that people might remember. One was called 15 Minutes, and it was me kind of working out my demons of being one of the first real faces of stock ph- photography because people didn't use stock or keeper. And I, my face ended up being a 10 of 100 photos on a disc, remember? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was Photodisc, right? Wasn't that what it was called? Yeah, it was Photodisc, and I, I guess it was uh, the best-selling disc, one of two or three best-selling discs five years in a row. So I'd go to a, a design conference, and somebody'd say, do I know you? And I'm like, are you a designer? <laughs> yeah, do you use Photodisc? Yeah, no, we've never met. I'm too... and they're like, oh, my God, I've lost your face. And so people kept sending me pictures that they you know, got off the Internet or cut out of newspapers. I mean, I was told I was like the whole side of a building in the Netherlands. I would be surprised if I still <laughs> have those at, buried at our studio someplace. Oh, there Jerry, I think this is. I think you gave a talk about this. This is one of my favorite talks you gave because isn't part of your talk where you you share all the different types of advertisements or promotions you are because you were sort of that, you know, uh, you know, the comfortably Asian guy. You yeah, know? yeah, he's Asian, but not like Asian. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, what were some of the? What were some of the? Jeez. Yeah, what were some uh, of the how companies did that, that happened? Um, I was on the Apple homepage. Uh, I was uh, on Marriott, um, let's see, Oracle, um, Microsoft, SQL Server, just, I mean, tons of stuff. I was doing what? Like, what do they have you doing? Like, what are you pose? Like, what are your poses? (laughs) (laughs) That took a left turn. Yeah. Well, you know. I took some screenshots. I'll share. For, for the wonder of sound, uh, I can't really show everything, but I can pantomime. Um, one of the ones that was probably most painful was I was on the AOL homepage in an ad. Um, I think it was it was for CBS Senior Health Watch. I think I was at like 32. Thanks. <laughs> and... <laughs> It said impotence? Question mark. It's like, oh, oh, wow. it's so funny. It was so funny. So I'm getting all these, and when I sat for the photos, I was honestly taking the photographer to lunch to talk about a project. And he goes, "Do you got 15 or 20 minutes?" I'm like, "Sure," because for what? And he told me, "I'm like, yeah, no one's going to use that because no one used stock of people because it was a right. business." But this guy was super talented, super super talented. Uh, photographer still is and so i sat for 15 minutes we joked around we went to lunch uh next thing i knew this thing is showing up everywhere so i made a film he's like a billionaire right like so i have a question he's like a billionaire now somewhere like using your image made all that money off terry yeah. So, Terry, how much did you get paid to do that? Well, yeah. you know, it's 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 really untoward to talk money in public, but I did make forty dollars <laughs> and a free lunch. No, I no, no he no he paid for lunch. That's <laughs> okay. Zero out right there. Um, so I, I made this short film. I, I wrote it and I, I ran it by this friend of mine. And he goes, we have to shoot this. So it was how it affected my life 50 years in the future. And I was this kind of embittered old man. And it was just a little like five minute bit. So how did you get into doing all these short movies back then? Well, probably because I've found I've always loved to write and 
one t- <laughs> okay, this is a great way to say it. One time I was helping someone move and someone, you know, does the Laurel and Hardy thing and picks up a big long thing and swings it and I duck right before it smacks me right at eye level. And they were like, Oh my God, you're an artist. I almost blinded you. What would you have done? And I said, I'd become a writer. You know, it was that simple because I, I love writing. And I tend to find that the things I fall in the side door of, that's how I find success. It's more out of interest and not really, like I didn't study design. And the interest drives me rather than doing the, I guess, the the right way. Has it opened up opportunities for you with all the shorts? Um, Well, absolutely. Uh, Not as much as I would like, but that's probably the onus is on me to, to exploit that. But part of that is... The things I would like to do with it differ from what clients might like to do with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I'd want to tell my own stories. Um, What we do for a business, people ask me and they think, oh, you draw pictures and it's not really that. Oh, so you, you know, you create X, Y, or Z. And I, my shorthand is we name other people's babies. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. It's very near and dear to them but we're telling them what because we have expertise, right? And so it's our job to bring them along to educate and and marry their hopes with the vision we're putting out for them. Yeah, you know, one of the many, many, many things I love about you is how you can use story to really share uh, an idea or uh, a concept. So one of my favorite is you were sharing how a relationship, a client relationship is, is like dating. Everything's like dating right? Yeah. You're interested. Oh, wow. Let's see what we can do. And you're very gracious. You're on your best behavior. Anybody can do that for two hours, right? Okay. This is great. And at some point you start thinking, huh, that's pretty neat over there. And you keep going <laughs> until one or both of you think, you know, there's better to be had and there's not real that commitment about true. it. And that's a lot of client relationships. It's super true. Don't you have clients though, that really align and you know, they call you at least once a year with something. And sometimes it's like an ongoing engagement. Oh, by the way, we have to add in this. We got blindsided by X. And you've worked with them for, you know, maybe right. almost two decades. It's yep. incredible, right? And then you see your friends yeah. latch on to clients and you're like, I don't know. That's not a good client for you. And then you just sit back and watch. Because you can't tell right. your friends who to date. Exactly. Well, the minute you do, they want to like stay with them forever, right? The minute you well, try to break somebody you wrong, them towards wanna, it. Yeah, they want to prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I'm basically, a teenager you, right now. That's how that we works. Just, yeah. We get paid to work, to live in a rom-com, yes. right? Right. Totally. What a great quote. I love this, that. that. That happens at every level too. I mean, mm-hmm. I know, I forget how many agencies now, at least three who had Panera as a client and they decide to break up with them. How about JC Penny? Yeah. yeah. Uber. Yep. And sometimes it's not even you're interested. You can tell they're only working with them because they know they can get what they want. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. business. It's money, right? Yep. And I, I don't have to talk about the dating uh, aspect of it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's let's go back because I think this would be interesting uh, as well, since we all, you know, kind of came to this business a little different. So what did you study in college? And then how did you like, how did you become a designer? Like, what was your... Uh, well, it was home ec and auto shop. It was a double mm-hmm. major. <laughs> I, I eschewed the arts in high school because I thought I was going to be smart. And, you know, took calculus and college English and did all the things you should do, you know, upper level chemistry, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I was a good student. I, I didn't do anything really with my anything artistic except um, maybe writing. You know, like the, the English teacher says, what are you going to study in college? 
I think you should study English. And I say something stupid like, I'm going to major in football because, you know, I am 5'7". Um, but I did, I did take uh, something called Senior Studio my senior year in high school where you just got to work on whatever you wanted art-wise. And it just really, it's like, oh, how could I not spend time on this stuff? Just loved it so much. And so I was taking classes in the art department my, my first year in college and <laughs> the advisor who by default was my advisor was this unbelievable draftsman, the drawing teacher. And he knew I was just some, you know, dumb freshman, you know, but hot rock doesn't know the difference. And he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I didn't know, I didn't know how to respond because I was, I was interested in art, but I also thought I'd like to eat. And so what fell out of my mouth was commercial art. And he goes, oh my God. One, it's not art. And two, those people starve. And so I became a pre-med major. <laughs> oh, gosh. And uh, during the time in, in college, it was a small liberal arts college. It was a great institution. I mean, I did walk onto the football team, but I ended up being able to, um, for the first time in my life, try out and act in plays. I ghost wrote for the uh, director of the communications department. I was uh, had an editorial column in the school paper. I got to use all my stuff. I mean, in such a small college, I in fact, I was excused from football practice in spring on Wednesdays because that's when life drawing happened. It was, excused. It was, they were like, oh, you can go. You have class. You know, if you have class, you got to go. We're here to learn. You can go. I'm, like, I'm drawing naked people. Okay. <laughs> Never told them. During that time, I had done things that were designed, but I didn't. I didn't really know it. And in public relations class, a friend of mine I played, uh, I knew from high school, Craig Mathias, and we were the like plum commission or something like that. And so we had to create the strategies and all this. And I said, hey, you guys do that writing part. I'll build all the artwork, the brochures, the bus boards, the, all the stuff. So I just did it and we knocked it out of the park. And he's like, dude, you should be a designer. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I, I just didn't know it existed. I just really, it didn't make sense to me. And I tried to study in the library, which was always about 95 degrees, and I just couldn't do it. So I'm walking around, and they have a section of magazines that you can't check out because they're too nice. And among them, communication arts. I'd never seen oh, it. Nice. And it was like the advertising annual. I was just like, oh, you know, you open it, and light is shooting out of it. And you're like, oh, and like, oh my God. And I just looked at it for a couple hours, and they just had them all lined up. And you can't check them out. So I stuffed them in my backpack and walked up to the, one of the scanners. And I threw it on the floor outside the scanner to the outside door, walked through the scanner, picked up my bag and left. I had all the pictures, stuck them all over my room, and then returned the books. I was that guy. So amazing. Like, that's it. And I got, I got I recommended it. for an internship at a design studio uh, my last semester. And they hired me before I graduated and just started from there. That's amazing. What that's a great awesome. story. I lead a you know, it's, it's interesting when I think about you, I don't think of you as a designer. And I, I mean that as a compliment. I think of you as, as really just this like person who's full of creativity and ideas mm -hmm. and, and, uh, energy. You're one of, yeah. You're one of, no, you're just one of those people when I'm around, I, I walk away and I feel just more alive, more creative, mm -hmm. uh, that sort of thing. That's about the best compliment I could ever get because there, there are those people in your life and you're the same. When you spend time, you feel filled up and, ready like all those little nagging concerns kind of melt that's that's a big deal so thank you very much for saying that i'm a little humble no, you, you're you're welcome i'm um i'm sure i'm speaking for my my other teammates here when we were talking about who we wanted to have on you know i'd mentioned you and we're all it was 
you know, not even have it's unanimous. Yes. yes, yes, Terry, Terry Mark. Yeah, first oh, I really one. Mean Let's it. do I'm, it. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I I want to share something that I think is really um, special about you, and this is hard for me not being a smart aleck on the show because I really want to be serious. Are you but, gonna cry? Uh, I might. Emotional. I might because yeah. I haven't. Are seen you gonna sing the wind between beneath my wings? <laughs> I haven't seen well, you in person for so long. It makes me sad. Oh. Um, you've changed my career in, dramatically in the way that you have taught me and and modeled collaboration. So we collaborated on several projects together, but I'd love to hear your take on your approach to collaboration because it feels like that's just a natural outpouring um, of who you are. And we all have collaborated together on this call. So, you know, how do you look at collaboration? Is that something you, you seek out in all of your um, projects? Or is it just something that just kind of naturally is uh, shows up in your work and that, and that you excel at? Well, one uh, thanks. I really love the stuff that we did together that was really i mean really landmark stuff um i don't know if i seek it out all the time in most projects i always in most projects i do end up collaborating and even with a client and i express to them that great design is usually born out of conversation and that is the back and forth that collaboration because if they want you to come in and just deliver something without input again i can't name your baby if i don't know about you right and it's it's that back and forth. But uh, like I said, I, I do film projects. I mean, we, we end up doing, you know, all the branding, outward messaging, print, digital collateral, streaming of live events, all that stuff. And obviously, I can't do all that by myself. And so I have some amazing tech people. I, I learned early on and I knew maybe it was a good thing I didn't study design because I didn't feel the onus to say I know everything. My first job, they sent me, go press check this job. And they handed me a Pantone chip. And I'm like, what's a Pantone chip? <laughs> and so I'm, I walk into a printer holding this thing. And I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what the parameters are. I don't know what I can say. No prep. So I went up to the head pressman and said, hi, I am young and stupid. I don't know a thing. I'm supposed to press check. What should I do? Would you help me? And he had pity on me. And he helped me. And so it came out okay. And I ended up doing that in another print shop. And this guy, he really laughed at me. It's like, you really don't. You, you're dumb as a rock. And over the next year, this guy, next couple of years, he pretty much taught me everything about printing. He ended up becoming the president of a very, very successful commercial printer. He retired from that. But it's, <laughs> I, I think it was just my uh, blank honesty. Um, that, that really helped. And I, I think asking for people's expertise and be it a photographer or even a cameraman or whoever to speak into the final product, it just makes it better. It's the two heads are better than one. And mm -hmm. you'd probably end up being the final arbiter, you know, as the director or art director or the person who has to deliver the thing. But people see things you don't, right? And that's you good. don't know what you don't know. So mm -hmm. there's no shame in, you know, asking people. I, I love, I mean, and it, you mentioned earlier that you're a storyteller and, and so that must, you know, that's probably part of your process, right? Is understanding the people that you're working with and understanding the people that you're working for. And, you know, then you can better tell their stories. Yeah. Digging in. Yeah. I'm trying to tell my mother's stories, but she has no time to talk to me about, oh, why do you want to know about that? It's because it's fascinating, you know? 
So I have to like wake up at three in the morning and just happen to be in her house when she gets coffee until. And then she'll gab. Yeah. <laughs> so I was five years old. <laughs> and then she'll tell stories, right? But other than that, it's like, oh, she, she, she's over it. <laughs> she's not into it. She's like, I already lived that. I'm done with that. Done yeah, with that. it was terrible there. People died. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's why I want to know the story. She she's like, care. I don't want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you know, uh, another part of you, Tara, that I think is really interesting, and this is actually one of the areas he influenced uh, me and, and Vaughn doesn't even know this, you know, ended up influencing Vaughn too, is, you know, the thread of creativity that I see in your work and, and you as a human being is also just kindness and goodness, Terry, just kind of flow out of you. And uh, that's something that's very inspirational. Can you call my wife and tell her that? I'm kidding. <laughs> By the way, tell Laura I said hi, would you please? I will. Um, Absolutely. So I, I would love for you to, you know, kind of give your perspective or thoughts about how creativity specifically or design or storytelling or filmmaking um, can really help, you know, put good out in the world. Because uh, that's one of the things that that you really influenced me on and shaped my early career that actually led to actually working with Jamie and talking to Karen. I mean, that's how I got ended up going to how is, is that work. So can you share a little bit about, you know, uh, why that's either um, life giving to you or what you see as the special um you know, kind of uh, ability that creativity has to really promote good and to, you know, bring people together? Well, I, I, I think it, it is creativity in any form. It is because people spark to different things. The head of the Harvard Business School once was quoted as saying that storytelling is the most powerful vehicle in the history of the world. And if business leaders and other leaders don't apprehend and wrangle that power for themselves, they're missing the biggest opportunity they have. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm one of those people that um, traditionally in my life, I probably haven't given enough credit to <laughs> the things that come naturally. Like if you're really good at drawing it, you don't value it as much as maybe somebody else who can't do anything. And the same thing with, with writing and storytelling. So, you know, that was one of the early journeys of figuring out how to deal with that. But you talked about kindness and goodness, you know, the idea of putting good into the world. That's why I'm doing things the way I am right now, because I really want to work. I, I work really hard to only work with groups and people that I really want to work with because I get excited about what they do. And I think they're doing something worthwhile. And I, that's the right I reserve as a creative right now. And um, because of the way I've got it structured, it, it works. And it's, I'm, I'm really happy with it. But there's not one of us, I, I know there's not one of us, who isn't compelled by true kindness, real kindness, right? And it, it just stops you in your tracks. Um, something that's without guile, that is not self-serving, that uh, is more concerned with others than, than themselves in some way. I mean, that's so humbling to see. Um, in one of my better moments, somebody asked me, what do you hope for? You know, one of those big lofty questions. And I described it as peace, but it really might, it might grow out of peace, but all that kindness, because I'm sure we all know people who seem infallible, that whatever comes their way, I mean, they're sad, they're broken, they're whatever, mm -hmm. but they're not distraught. They're not bombed out. They let themselves feel what's going on, but there's some sense of, uh, this is not the final word right? That something will continue. That's really compelling. When I first met my wife, there was something about her that was so kind. And I just went, what? 
it 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 was really really amazing and that always is um my (laughs) you're like the cutest terry oh my god we're all just staring at him every one of us has a crush on terry right now we're all like oh my god terry well Well, my daughter she looks just like me when i was 12. i've seen her she's so cute and i bet she's precious too No, she's precious. She's precious. She'll be taller than me by goodness. Well, Vaughn, you know, when we got to do a project together, you know, uh, doing a documentary in, in, um, in Africa and it was, you know, a really special moment for us together, but you know, did you guys sing the song? Africa? No, but I will tell, I will tell you one thing that was really cool. This is, this is a, um, this is another reason why I just feel really fortunate to know the four of you. So we get to Africa and we're going out, uh, to see, um, kind of the area that we were going to film in. It was really a hard area. Right. And so the, uh, the CEO of the nonprofit wanted us to experience it. So we, you know, weren't as shocked, uh, being in that context. And as the, as the week went on, uh, Vaughn was incredible. Vaughn had these little cue cards and, um, Sharpies. And he would draw these pictures for these kids. And it was the most precious, beautiful, just little small act of kindness that was like so awesome. But Vaughn, how was that experience for you? Like doing work like that or, or being present, using your ability to, you know, share? Well, I, I, I drew a few pictures. What Mainly what we did is we took a group of kids out to this open field and I gave each a, a little notepad and a pen and I just told them to draw whatever they want. And uh, just seeing what they they came up with was amazing. This little kid, Darren, he is eight years old. He, he comes back and it's like this in perspective, like race car. And I was like, holy cow, that's like really good. And, and so like I get, before I left, I gave him some extra drawing supplies and stuff, but yeah, just the, the, it just showed me that it doesn't matter where a kid lives or what he grows up, you know, they still have the same aspirations and dreams that anybody else does. And that, that was, if I think about a lot of the, the moments of that trip, it it still kind of, kind of chokes me up a bit, but. It was, it was cool. My kids got tired of, of, when I got back, they would complain about something and I go, you know what, in Africa, and I would always bring that up and they got tired of that. And so as they got older, they started flipping it on me when I'd start complaining and they'd use it on me too. So now that was, that was a great experience. I I mean, I want to know where this kid saw a race car that such that he could draw it in perspective. That's shocking. The wonderful thing is that's something that they are going to remember for the rest of their life. The fact that you Mm -hmm. were all there and you gave them all these supplies and, you know, it's definitely something that they will never forget. I think that's something that people don't think about, you know, very often when you're interacting with people is, is the imprint that you leave on them. And, you know, you'll have someone come up to you years later and be like, Hey, we met at such and such a conference. And, you know, you told me this thing and I went and did it. And you're like, Oh, I have no memory. You were listening to me. (laughs) Was it good? (laughs) Did it turn out well? No, that's really it. That's legacy. You know, people think, you know, having enough money to buy a new wing on the art department, that's like, no, that, the legacy no. is built in, in inches and in, in little interactions. 
Yeah, I think yeah, that's the part of little things. I think that's the part to, of creativity that's really magic. And I mean, like literally magic. Like, where does it come from, right? And we don't know where it goes. We don't know the impact it has. And that's one of the things I love about what we do. And and in fact, Terry, you and I had an opportunity to do a talk together um, in Las Vegas, which was mostly because we had the same haircut at eight. So. <laughs> that's right. It was. Um, just as Still I know. Do. I'll have to find the picture. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, Terry did a brochure where each of us had a bowl cut as little kids, and that was the cover <laughs> of the brochure. Um, it was hilarious. It was. I think the talk was two-headed monster, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things that you uh, shared on that talk that I that has really also been something that I share with my young designers, and uh, something that I think is present here with all of us, is that if you're going to collaborate with someone, like go all in and just trust them to do their magical thing right whatever it is if it's writing or design um, and that feels that that really defines a lot of your career um, and how you approach work do, do you feel that's true yes sir <laughs> <laughs> sorry should that be a form of a question <laughs> yeah um, absolutely there's so much you don't know but knowing people who do know makes everything possible right uh, I, I, I at this point in our careers, because we've been doing it at least three weeks now, um, there's probably no project that you think you couldn't tackle with the people that you know if you brought it, the right people in. Is that true? Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah. It's, well, it's I think when you, when you bring someone in that's super talented or does something different or just you know just their, their life perspective, I think that uh, in itself is so inspirational and, and influential. So. Yeah, Justin, just the work that we did, I just want to say, I mean, thanks in retrospect, because there's few times that you get to walk into a place and just do what you think is best. And somebody says, yeah, that's 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 gold. You know, that's fire. Do it. And just an open collaboration. And the work that we got to do together was such a blast. The artifacts that remain. I mean, if you try to buy a Mr. Crumley book online right now, I think they're about 50 bucks, which is really funny. Wow. <laughs> that's funny. hilarious. Yeah. And uh, I, I still have the Three Feast book. And if you haven't seen one, you got to get the recipe for ceviche because it's killer. It's so good. You have to give it to us. That's how this works. I have it. Jamie, I'll have it. We can, <laughs> we can, we can share it. In fact, you know what we'll do? Uh, I have a few of those books left. We can do a giveaway. We'll, get, oh. we'll give away one of the Three Feast books. That's a great so idea. Fun. Yeah, yeah, give me some stuff and we'll give it away to listeners. Awesome. Hey, listen, Pip, in, in typical Jamie fashion, I have to like lighten things up a little bit because I get too emotional when we get too like fluffy. I don't want Karen to cry or anything while we're not sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. Anyway, but look, what I want to say is how are your chickens? Uh, the chickens are great. The ducks don't fare so well. The ducks ended up, we've got like 11 chickens left out of 13 was the last bunch we had a duck which replaced the first duck that got snatched by an eagle you know it was like a feather and a chunk of meat wow i was really invested in this damn so jamie was really invested in the background to the chickens so everyone knows what you're talking about yeah so i was on facebook a couple of years ago and um just following Terry's journey of naming the chickens, which I think you need to share with us some of their names because don't shake your head because well, you know you know I, there's some good I names know in a there. Couple. My daughters that's know okay. all that's of all them. We need. Ronette, yeah, that's all we like need. the Ronettes, you know. And there's one I don't know the kind of chickens there. It has like the big poofy head, and I call that one Phyllis Diller. So her name's Phyllis. <laughs> Jokes yeah, for old old people. Um, 
<laughs> I know who she is. And I we, you know what? We'll go ahead and put a laugh track in there, Terry, so we can feel better about it. Yeah, yeah. It's I like in like glasses now. A lot of blank I faces. I wish I would have right? taken a screenshot of it, but recently you shared a couple of pictures of, of like, you know, they're still alive or whatever. <laughs> and um, I'll have to grab it for the team at home, but they were hilarious all about uh yeah, your chicken names, and they were so clever and so creative. I try to distance guy. myself from the chickens. I, I so, built the coop. I built the penitentiary that they get to walk around in. Penitentiary. That was one of the little I TM in the corner. Um, but uh, it has made me an egg snob. Uh, yes. So are they colorful eggs, or like what type yeah, of eggs? Yeah, there's you get there's some blue and green animals. eggs, mostly brown, occasional white one here and there. But uh, they're so tasty. They're so good. So Terry, awesome. you live you live outside Seattle, right? Uh, and uh, in Seattle, technic ish, and we're technically in unincorporated King County. So we've got just over half an acre, which has been good. I didn't know it, but my wife would be a farmer tomorrow if she could be like, <laughs> we lost our whole backyard. It is now all wow. garden. And we already had That's like awesome. 40 feet of garden, uh, raised garden beds, 40 or 50 feet, six feet wide. And then all the flower gardens. It's nuts. It's nuts. What are you growing there? Like what kind Mostly of Mostly marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. I'll see you in August when I come out there. Nothing wrong with that. I mean. uh, well, every variety of flower that you can imagine, it's just the phlox gloves and the poppies and the whatever. And hydrangeas are going to come up crazy this year. It's going to be great. But uh, a lot of vegetables right now, peas and beans and, of course, tomatoes, carrots, about four different types of lettuce. Kale. We have two varieties of uh, hops growing. We have a grape arbor. We have five new blueberry bushes, and it just goes on. So, Seems like we need wow. to make a field trip to Seattle to go, you know. Well, yeah, you can come check. Yeah. So I have a question for you. We usually try to hear our uh, conversations towards a younger audience and try to figure out, you know, what would be your tips for young designers? Besides, besides growing their own marijuana, what would you recommend? It's, it's really for the joint pain, pain, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> if, if I was, I don't care if it's someone young or someone getting to that place where they're just questioning if they are in the right spot. I, I, I heard this quote and it talked about the idea, you know, I said, I, I lead a charm life and somebody told me, no, you lead a blessed life. I'm like, great. If that's how you want to do it. And then they went on to tell me, no, the, the, I think it's the, the Jewish word or the, maybe it's the Yiddish word for blessed actually means to be on the right road that to be blessed means to be going, not where you're supposed to be, but walking the direction you're supposed to be going. And that makes sense to me. I mean, I had a friend who he was probably in college. He was probably going to be an all-American football player. I mean, the guy was just a tremendous athlete. And he quit, left school, and went to a school that had an incredible theater program because he decided he wanted to be an actor. I mean, that kind of conviction and commitment right. is compelling, right? And he was – you remember that show with Scott Bakula, The Enterprise, yes. the, the Star Trek one? He was one of the crew. He was Trip on that show. I'm like, no way. That's Jam right there. He was, so you went to school with Trip, the actor yeah. that played that character? Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now, wait. Welcome to the show, Vaughn. <laughs> he was starstruck. He was over there listening. I would say, like, when I knew I didn't know anything, I took a million informational interviews. Just, you know, seek out people that you think know what they're doing just so you can learn the landscape. 
because there's magic. You talked about magic, the idea of commitment. Goethe talks about commitment as this thing that up until the point you commit, there's hesitancy. But the moment you do, all, a whole set of forces, heretofore impossible, swing into your favor. Resources, associations, materials, all fall into your lap that are impossible without commitment. Because commitment has boldness, magic, and power in it. If there's anything you want, commit. Do it now. And so that is... Don't just test the waters. Throw yourself at it. Yeah, I love that. Um, trust that your mistakes can be learned from and are, anything you do is a springboard to the future. And surround yourself with people who are better than yourself. Don't be afraid to admit mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't know. And men are, men, men are famous for that, right? Uh, they don't ask directions. They, they, they will make up a lie rather than say they don't know something. I had some friends, these, these two women were asking men, how tall is Mount Rainier? And they went and asked two women and they said, I have no idea. <laughs> and one, a third one said, oh, it's this tall because she's a mountaineer and new. And they asked six guys and each one of them without flinching gave a specific number and they were all wrong. <laughs> and they asked me and I said, I don't know for it. And they go, okay, you win today. And I was like, why? What are you talking about? Because I admitted right. I didn't know. Justin, what would you have done? Which you have would you have said, I don't know, or would you have come up with a number? No, I'm, I'm a three on the Enneagram. So I would have said, I don't know, but I'll find out for you. And yeah. I looked it up right away. You would have Googled oh. it immediately. Do you guys know the Enneagram? I'm a three too. So what's a, what's a three? A three is, um, a healthy three is, uh, really, <laughs> what, did you, what did you say? Mom? Is it a it's a number one and a number two together. I'm kidding. It's a shit no. show. Yeah, basically, yeah, a three wants to be liked, wants to do things to be perceived as you know they know what's going on, and and um, and they often feel that they can do things better than other people. Um, they have a little bit of a perfectionist work. So they're a designer approach. Yeah, yeah. The ones and threes are often designers, uh, but yeah, that's that's exactly how I would have responded. Like, Vaughn, what are you? I'm a one. And if one is, um, I don't remember. It's I have a, the report. It's more or less a perfectionist. He was so um, angry about it. Oh, yeah. the things must be black or white. There's a lot yeah, of I have a that. friend who's a one. Yeah. yeah. Ones are normally irritated that they're ones. Hence Vaughn is irritated right now that he's <laughs> so a... mad. I've never seen <laughs> the text chain that went on for That's pretty accurate. I, I feel yeah. like I was, uh, I was a higher number. I feel like I was a uh, six. I bet I would bet you're a six or an eight. I would be willing to bet you're. No, an I eight. don't think when I tested it, then I feel eight? like I was a six. Eights tend to be sassy okay, and well, push back on you. What's a six? Eight to the second hour on that. Uh, and again, we're really generalizing and butchering. What that is Vaughn mumbling about? I must yeah, know. Six ten, yeah, six yeah, no, tend to say. The reason why I don't think you're a six is often sixes will um, uh, be motivated a lot by fear. Um, and I don't no. think that's you at all. So, um, yeah. What is a zero seven? Fear. Yeah, I have zero fear anymore. I don't remember. I don't think I really. Yeah, did. I don't remember. They're, a seven is, um, they're excitable. They love to start things. Um, they uh, like to avoid conflict. I'm a seven, evidently. That's what everyone I was told. wondering, actually, <laughs> like what you, if you knew. Yeah, maybe I'm seven up. with a, maybe I'm eight with a seven on, cut, on the cuts. Maybe you're a seven oh, who man. takes the kid to the corner and takes their lunch money. Um, <laughs> Listen here. <laughs> Give me your lunch money now. 
Oh my gosh. Terry, you are the best. I'm so glad that you made time for us today. Like, Is honestly, that it? it's so it's so good to see your face. It doesn't have to be it, but I feel like, you know, you're too good. We have to let you back out into the world. Okay, Don't that is the nicest way of sending me off. 